Hello, welcome to York Street. We hope that this sermon will be an inspiring and impactful one, just what you need at this time. For any of our sermon-based studies, please head to our website at www.yorkstreet.com.au. So grab a cuppa, grab your notebook, whatever you need, and we hope that you enjoy the sermon. So last week, I gave you a challenge, and the challenge was to practice the biblical practice, as Jesus did, and as so many others did in Scripture, of fasting. Some people took some of those handouts. Um, I've still got some of those left. I can always print more if you'd like some info, if you'd like to extend that. But um, I won't get you to put your hand up, but I just wonder how you went. How did you go with fasting this week, with missing a meal and using that time to spend time with God? I've got to say, it was... It was powerful god showed up and kfc afterwards never never tasted so good like i was ready for some food but that's that's the point isn't it you go without to focus on god you see we as people are made up of different parts we're we're physical we're social we're mental and maybe emotional can be added into that but we're also spiritual we're social physical social mental and spiritual They're the parts that make up every single one of us. Now, right now, if Jesus was to show up, and maybe he's just out in the foyer, and and as often happens, we see in Scripture, that he had the power of God was on him and he was healing people, and you could go to him right now. I don't want you to think too much about it, just a just a, a gut reaction. What would you ask healing for right now? You can put your hand up or you can put it a little bit if you want, but hands up if it's for healing. For physical, if there's something physical that you just need some healing for right now, you'd take to God. I know, I know this week I did something on my back. It had that pinchy pain where you, it's all good and all of a sudden you do something and it just grabs. And it's like, man, in those moments, yeah, I, I just, it's debilitating. And sometimes pain can do that. You just, just want physical healing. What about social healing? There's a, there's a fractured relationship there's a, an estrangement with, between friends. There's been a misunderstanding. You just want God to give you wisdom to know what's in that or to do a move in somebody's heart, to, to do his bit because you don't know what to do. What about mental? There's so many things in this world. Mental health is a huge issue. There's all sorts of mental illnesses that are happening across the world. And, and some, some of us, if we were to come before Jesus right now, it would be... We want mental healing, for maybe for ourselves or for somebody else that we know and love. Finally, what about spiritual? Now, I know as a church, this is the one we should all put our hand up for. But if I was to ask you, what does spiritual healing look like, would you have a definition? It gets harder, isn't it? When you've got a sore leg, you've got a sore leg. You know what it looks like to have a sore leg and for it not to be sore. But spiritual healing gets a bit trickier. Because we live this side of the cross. We just, we just, ask, we just came to the, to the communion. We, we live in this space where we know that we're set free by Jesus. But what does it look like really for us and for our friends that don't know Jesus to be healed spiritually? Today's message is about that. And so if you're wondering what spiritual healing looks like, if, if you wonder what it is to, to come before Jesus with the deep desires, the felt need and the true need, today's message is going to speak into that. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we open up Scripture, as we continue our series in Luke in the upside-down kingdom, I pray that we would see the things that you see, the true need versus the felt need. 
And Lord, I pray that we would see our part in that and your part in that so that we wouldn't overstep, that we wouldn't step, uh, carry things that aren't ours to carry. And God, I pray that you would soften our hearts and break through the walls that get between us and you so that you can do the work that we need you to do. In our lives, in the lives of our friends, we pray. Amen. So as we continue in our series, we're looking at Luke, and we're in Luke chapter 5. Last week we left off where Jesus had been retreating, he'd been hearing from God, he had his purpose, and he... um, and, and now we see he's continuing his ministry and he's starting to get a bit of a, a reputation. People are starting to, to come to him. And so Luke 5, I'm going to be reading from verse 17. So if you've got your Bibles, turn to that. We'll put the words up on the screen as well. And we read this. One day Jesus was teaching and Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there. They had come from every village in Galilee and from Judea and from Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. Well, firstly, I want you to see that there is something else going on here. Jesus isn't in a temple or a tabernacle. He's in a house. It's not the Sabbath. It's not sort of the day where they would go and hear their sermons. This is just Jesus in a house during the week teaching people. It's just he's doing what he does. He's doing his normal thing. And if we we remember last week, in Luke chapter 4, verse 1, Jesus is full of the Holy Spirit. He's full of the Holy Spirit. He'd been baptised and he's on mission. And what was his mission? Well, the end of last week finished with his mission, which he said, I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God to other towns and villages also, because that is why I was sent. Luke 4, 43. So Jesus is full of the Spirit and he's doing his mission. He's teaching. He's teaching about the kingdom of God. He's teaching about a God that loves him. He's teaching about a God that, that wants a relationship with his people. And this message of hope, this message of love is, is gaining traction. And for the first time, Luke writes about Pharisees. And the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, they were the ones that were trying to protect the Jewish way of life. When other people are trying to step in and say, the, the, the enemies, they're, they're living in an occupied country at the moment. And they're trying to put their opinions, their gods, their way of living. And, and the Pharisees are going, no, 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 we're going we're to protect God's way of life. We've got these rules. We want to live by the rules. And at some point in the Pharisees, their zeal, their, their fight for doing what is right, their love of God and their worship of God and their love and worship of the rules started to shift. And they thought that their bit of pride and a bit of ego comes in and they think, if I follow the rules, that means I'm godly rather than if I put God first and honour him, then everything else will work out. And so the rules became their gods, and they lost their way a bit. But in this space, Jesus is speaking, and people are flocking to Jesus, and they go, why? Why are people coming to Jesus? We want to hear what this guy is teaching. We want to hear what he's saying. And so we see people that are coming from everywhere, every village in Galilee, from Judea and Jerusalem. People are pouring into this this person's house. Imagine if it was your house. It's like, man, what's going on? Like The whole place is full. What's going on? This is crazy. That was the first verse. We're not even there yet. Because what happens in this space is that Jesus, through his obedience to God's call on his life, we see that he also had the power to heal the sick. See, the power didn't come first. Obedience came first. 
And I want you to realize that when you are obedient to God, that's when God's power comes. And I'm not talking about sort of mystical sort of stuff. I'm just talking about being in a space where God can use you. Sometimes there is healing. Sometimes there is miracles. But more often than not, it's just being in a place where God can use you in a powerful way. Right now, there is a bunch of leaders with a bunch of teenagers from this church that are just serving their hearts out. They've given up a whole weekend of time off to be able to serve the youth of our church. And in their obedience to God's call on their life, there is power. And as you know, camps are super powerful. It's, it's an intense community of people coming together and worshipping God. And, and the kids' lives will be transformed. The power of God will be there. Why? Because people are being obedient. How many times have you found that you felt uncomfortable, you felt God calling you to do something, and your humanity has said, I don't want to do that, but because you've been obedient, God's shown up. There's times when you, I need to pray for someone, but oh, I don't know, I don't know how to pray. What oh, I yeah. yeah, I feel like God said I needed to pray for you. God goes, oh, cool. And there's a power in that. Remember a guy in the gym, really odd sort of conversation with, you know, we're all meatheads lifting weights, and he said, oh, I've found out I've got a brain tumor. And I remember resisting God. I was like, oh, I don't want to pray for this guy. That's weird. This is odd. I struck up the courage and said to him, hey, look, you know, I, not in this moment, but I just want to ask your permission. Can I, can I be praying for you in my own time, in my own personal time? I'm not going to do it here, but can I be praying for you? And he goes, that'd be great. Hey, do you know I grew up in the church? It's like, what? You're a buffhead. Like, you're, you're, a, you're a meathead, massive gym junkie. I never would have known. In that bit of obedience, the power of God was there and a relationship started. Like, wow. It doesn't have to be the supernatural. It can be, but in obedience, God is good. Just being obedient to God. Hey, I want to feel like I need to pray for this person. I need to do this. I, I need to... And there's times when people, like in service of God, when you, when you get involved in it, whether a small group or even serving God in the workplace... When you serve God, God's power turns up and shows up, and it's a beautiful thing. That's the end of the first verse. It's going to be a really, really long sermon. Verse 18. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat and tried to take him into the house and lay him before Jesus when they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd. And so they went up onto the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. Can you picture that? Like, firstly, who needs friends like that? Man, don't we need some friends like that? When time is, times are tough and we can't get to Jesus because there's a wall between us, maybe something that we've built, something somebody else has built, and we need some friends to get around us to push through that wall, to break through that. I know that I've got all these questions about Jesus as, as, as a communicator, as a speaker, of what he would have done. Because sometimes when you're speaking, there'll be a big noise or something outside and you just preach through it. Like, did he preach through it? Like, there's tiles and dust and stuff going everywhere. Did he just, like, keep teaching? Or did he just, like, you know, just forget about that. Nothing, that? nothing to see here. It's all good. Or did he embrace it? Did he use it? I've got all these questions. He comes down it's like, well, hold that thought. We're going to do something else here. That's what I think about when I read this passage. But I think we can, we can identify with different people in this story. Firstly, we can identify as the friends. You know, there's times that we, we have a heart for somebody else. 
And we need to carry them because they can't carry themselves. There's times when people, when people are facing things in their life that is so hard that it actually paralyzes them in their spiritual journey. And it's those times that, that we need to get around them. Now, I'm going to be stereotypical here. I say stereotypical. It's not always the way. It's not always the trend. But often, ladies get around other ladies really well. Often, guys, we don't have a big friendship circle and it can be really lonely in that space. So my challenge is, guys, don't do it. Get some blokes. Get some God-fearing, loving blokes around you because there are going to be seasons in, time, in life where life hits you hard, knocks you out, can paralyze you. And we need some blokes around us to, to not just keep us... It's not an accountability thing where they, they're slapping you on the wrist for doing the wrong thing. It's a bit where they, they pick you up and carry you because you can't do it yourself. Lovingly carry you before Jesus and, and put you in front of Jesus. And that's their job. You see, Jesus is going to do his bit in a bit. We're going to read. But the bloke's job, the guys, the friends, was to bring the person before Jesus. Sometimes we identify as the, the friends. Other times we identify as the, the guy that couldn't walk. That someone that's like, man, life is just smashing me. And I want to say we need some friends around us to be able to carry us in those seasons. And, and I've got this saying, I've said it, said it ever since I was a lifeguard in my late teens and early 20s. One of the things I learned as a lifeguard is that, that unlike what Hollywood would say, when a young kid or someone is drowning in a pool, there is no noise. A little, little kid will run into the pool and all you hear is bloop and they sink to the bottom. And God has designed little kids to hold their breath. And so as a lifeguard, you're standing there, you scan the pool. I still do it to this day. Ask Yvette will be a testament to that. Every time we're at the swimming pool, I am, I am, swimming pool is not a restful place for me. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yay, kids. <laughs> Always scared. I, can't, I, I just can't, haven't lost that bit from when I was a lifeguard. Always scanning. Always sit in the corner of the pool so I can see the whole lot. And you see a little kid running, jumping, and you go and look at him, and all you see is these little eyes looking up at you. Now, the rule is, I'm not going to talk about the lifeguard training, but the rule is you never jump in the water, but once a little kid, you jump in the water. And you pick him out. But the saying is this, a drowning person doesn't make any sound. There's no, no point when, you, when you, you're facing something and there's a big trial coming up to go, I'll wait till I'm into it, then I'll start asking for help. It's often when, when people go quiet that they, they need the most help. And so you've got to have people around you now when things are good so that when things are bad, they can carry you through it. So make sure you're plugged in. Make sure you've got some friends. How do you get friends? You just talk to people. <laughs> Tap them on the shoulder. Hey, can we catch up? Can we do a coffee? You know? If you need help, there are small groups within the church that you can get plugged into. There's some new groups that started on Thursday, Friday. Get plugged in. Make some friends. The beauty of it is this. The next verse in verse 20, it says, When Jesus saw their faith, not the faith of the, the guy that was paralyzed, but Jesus saw the faith of the friends. And he saw that this paralyzed guy had no way of getting before him. Obviously, he wanted to be healed, like, he's, he's not resisting. He's not, like, the, the guy that couldn't walk wanted to be before Jesus, but he couldn't get there. But Jesus identifies the faith of the friends. And we want to have faith like that of friends. Jesus saw their faith. He said, friend, your sins are forgiven. 
Verse 21, when the Pharisees and the teachers of the law began to, then they began to think to themselves, who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy, who cannot forgive sins? Uh, who, can, who can forgive sins but God alone? Blasphemy was, is kind of like speaking against God, using God's name in an unworthy manner. And, and it was like the, the, there was sin, there was the wrong things, and then there was blasphemy. It's like unforgivable. You can't put God's name down. And to, to say that you can forgive, to say that you are God, is disrespectful and is blasphemy. And this is what they're thinking. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Jesus, verse 22, knew what they were thinking and asked, Why are you thinking these things in your heart? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or say, get up and walk. And I started this message with asking you in your heart of hearts, if you were to come before Jesus in this moment, what would you ask for? Physical healing, or would you lead with the spiritual? Now, I know if I was to get you to put your hands up or say or do a survey, everyone, everyone here would write, oh, spiritual, spiritual, yeah, spiritual. Yeah. But sometimes in our heart of hearts, it, it's hard, isn't it? It's hard to, to know what to come before God. And Jesus is calling out the, the Pharisees, like, what's easier? What, what's more important? What's the true need in this world? You see, a, a few years ago, I went for a bike ride. We've got this slide, thanks to our techies that I'm jumping around on. You're doing a good job. I went for a bike ride a few years ago, and, and I went for a ride with my, my brother. And you know what happens when brothers go for a ride. He was in front. You can't have that. Ah, I'm the older brother. Come on. And so and we're riding, it was a single, what they call a single trail, so you can't fit two bikes side to side. And, and it, was, it was wet, and it was muddy, and it was really narrow, and we're flying down this track. Um, and... I was trying to keep up with him, I was maybe trying to catch him, and it all went horribly wrong. <laughs> and snap, crackle, pop, broken leg, dislocated foot, whole... Um, I had a green whistle on that, so that, that's where the smile comes from. Heavily medicated in that picture. <laughs> Everything was great. But I want to say, when, when that leg was broken, if I'm totally honest, there was a moment in the hospital they... They did surgery. I've got, still got plate and a heap of screws and all that sort of stuff in the leg. And amazing what, what our hospitals can do. Like, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. And we are so blessed to be in this country. And there was this moment where I'm lying in hospital with, with another three people in different beds. And I'm, I'm post-surgery and they've, they've given me all, all the good stuff. And I remember, if I'm really honest, there was this moment where I'm hearing the other three people in the room. And some of them are moaning and some of them are, are being rude to the, the nurses and like they're, they're complaining and they're whinging. And I remember thinking, like, honestly, I've got to be honest, I remember thinking, they're a bit soft. Like, come on. Huh. About two days later, my painkillers wore off. <laughs> I didn't realise I'd pump my leg full of painkillers. Two days later, I was back home and I'm like, oh, there it is. <laughs> wow. And it was all-consuming all-consuming. I remember it was once that I stopped taking my painkillers and they fully wore off. Once. That was enough. I followed all the directions. I took all the painkillers from then on. Because I, physically, that's all I could think of. I couldn't do anything. I couldn't eat. I couldn't get food by myself because I'm, I'm really stuck in bed post-surgery for, for a bunch of weeks. 
I, I like spiritually, I remember it's like oh, I'm going I'm to try and you know, going to try and spend time with God. But man, the, the the medication and stuff was was messing with my head. Then early on, I had every intention. Actually, when the injury happened, just before this photo, where I'm all happy and smiles, um, probably about half hour before that, I'm sitting there, fully in shock. My brother's got the phone, and I've called Anthony. And, and the conversation went like this. Hey, tell Anthony I'm still good for Sunday. Um, if, if he gets my laptop, I'll be in hospital probably tomorrow and I'll write the sermon. If I can have a stool on stage, I should be okay. You ask him, that was the conversation. He'll testament, be a testament to that conversation. I had no idea what I was about to get into. Like my body was in full shock. And then once the shock wore off and the pain kicked in, man, I was, it was about probably six weeks before I could even probably <laughs> regain thoughts and consciousness, walking around on crutches still hurt. You know, it, was a, it was a long journey to God's goodness and grace. You know, fearfully one who made, we can operate again. But the point is this. Sometimes when something's hurting, it's all-consuming, and we can't think of anything else. What we really need is the eternal, the spiritual, for our sins to be forgiven. Now, in church, we get that. We've got that. We have Jesus every Sunday. We have communion because of what Jesus did. We remember what he did on the cross, but our friends don't. And our friends don't know who Jesus is, and they don't have this spiritual freedom that we have. And it's our job to be the best possible friends like the friends in this story, to bring our friends to Jesus. It's our job. Now, sometimes we do that by meeting the felt need. Paralyzed. See, there's a difference between the felt need and the true need. The felt need, broken leg. I want that soreness fixed. The true need, broken spirit, broken heart, broken relationship with God. So sometimes we, we come before Jesus by helping our friends and serving them and doing good things, but don't miss the opportunity to speak the truth to speak what Jesus has done to you, to introduce Jesus to them. We continue the, the passage in verse 24. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. And so he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat and go home. Immediately he stood up in front of them and took what he'd been laying on and went home praising God. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. And they were filled with awe and said, We have seen remarkable things here today. I wonder what remarkable things lasted. Like when, when they look back, when they recall this story in a couple of weeks' time, for those that were in the room, did they remember that it was a paralyzed man that could walk? Were they telling their story saying, oh yeah, and we were in this, listen to this guy, and then all of a sudden the roof, like they pulled the roof apart and they lowered it down, like these guys were nuts, oh yeah, it was, it, was, it was so cool. Or was it that this guy forgave sins, spiritually set free? I wonder for us, what, what paralyzes our faith as Christians? What paralyzes our faith? Is it an anxiety of being rejected? We learned about that last week where Jesus was rejected in his hometown. Is what paralyzes your faith? Is, is it a fear of not knowing what to say? Is there a barrier between us and God that we may need some friends to help break through? 
I wonder what is paralysing your faith or my faith and stops us from becoming all that God wants us to be. Because there's things that we've got to face. Sometimes we don't even know our blind spots in our faith until somebody lovingly points them out. The second challenge for us is this. Who, who will help you come before Jesus in order to challenge that blind spot? Have you got some friends around you to help bring you before Jesus? To help lovingly, not, not call you to account, but lovingly place you before Jesus because that's their job. Hey, I want to bring you to this thing. I want you to, to read this verse. I want to be praying for this thing. You see, it's not us that does the healing. That's Jesus. The friends brought the paralyzed guy before Jesus. Jesus did the work. Sometimes we need people to bring us before Jesus, but likewise, what will you do to bring your friends before Jesus? Maybe it's a simple conversation. It's sort of sealing the deal. You've done the right things. You've been helping them. You've helped someone move house. You've done all that. It might be as simple as saying, hey, can I just pray for the house? What's that about? So I'm a Christian. It's the right thing to do. The other night, I was, well, we've got lots of gym stories tonight. Not that I'm going to, it's just been the week. Thursday night, I came to a prayer meeting here at church and I was about to leave the gym to come here and, and the guys at the gym said, oh, you know, what, what do you got on for the night? I said, oh, I've got to head back to church at, at 7 o'clock. They're like, oh, man, oh, don't work too hard. Because oh. the world says if you work, you know, this is work. That's the world's view. Oh, you've got to go back to the place where you work. It's like, no, no, it's not what I'm, no, this is good. This is great. We're going for a prayer meeting. And this is with some of the guys from the gym, and they're like, what, what do you mean? Prayer meeting? So will we pray for stuff? We'll be praying for the, the fires and the firefighters. We're praying for other stuff and for people. And they're like, oh. And immediately they're like, oh, if we can help with the fire stuff, like, hey, let us know what we can do. Physical need, the felt need, the felt need. Here's something that they can latch on to, but the whole time I'm, I'm trying to find the angle for the spiritual need. I'm not going to shy away from, from who I am and what I do. And we can all do that. Just be open and honest about what you do, who you serve, what that looks like. And look for the in. Look for that piece where you can speak faith with grace and love and kindness into those relationships. And if you have the opportunity, if the opportunity presents itself for someone to go, look, you know, what is different about you? And you say, it's Jesus. Would you like to, would you like to meet him? Would you, like to, would you like to accept Jesus too? I want to make it super simple. If they say yes, I want to equip us as a church right now, all the prayer has to be is, Jesus, I accept you now. Super accessible. Introduce people to Jesus. Jesus will do the rest. Is there repentance of sin? Absolutely. I promise you, introduce people to, to the one that loves them more than they could ever understand and they will see the sin in their life. And they won't, be, they won't be unable to change. They, ha- they will have to change. Our job is to bring them to Jesus. If, if you are more eloquent and you have all the words and you want to say, you know, I'm sorry, and you, know, you want to do the whole lot, you can. But I want to make it really simple. Introduce people to Jesus. The, the guys that lowered the guy through the roof didn't, weren't doctors. They didn't know how to heal the paralysis. They didn't have to have all the info. They just had to bring him to Jesus, and Jesus did the rest. Because there is power in obedience. You see, if we're going to be the friends that God has called us to to be, in obedience, God will do his bit. We just have to be obedient. We just have to do what God has called us to do, which is to be the best possible version 
of, of what God has called us to be in this space with, with Jesus guiding us every step of the way through the Holy Spirit. It's being love, it's being kindness, it's being light, it's being salt, it's being, being mercy, being grace because of what God has given us in those day-to-day moments. And are you going to mess up? Absolutely, because we're still human. We're not Jesus. But we want to do better. And as we, in obedience, use our gifts to serve, in our obedience, use, use our love to care for others, the power of God will be powerful and, and do a work. How do we know it? Well, chances are we're all here because somebody was obedient to God and the power of God showed up and that's why we saw who Jesus was and we accepted him. Whether it's a parent or a friend or a grandparent, there is power in obedience. So this week, I want to call us, call us to, to be the friends that God has called us to be. Friends that will go through walls, not physically, although sometimes the youth do. And, um, and while they're not here, we could say that if I was a teenager again and I put my head through a wall like sometimes happens, I would just go, it's biblical, right? <laughs> but, but what do we have to go through to lead our friends to Jesus? Some of us need some people around us to carry us in those rough seasons. And we all need to be obedient to God's call in our life to experience his power. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for who you are. We thank you that there is power in obedience. Lord, help us to do our part, to be obedient to you, to be the friends that you've called us to be. Lord, help us to have eyes to see the spiritual. Lord, to look for the in, to look for the conversation, to look for that space to share what loving grace God has shown to us to be able to share with others. Lord, in that space, Lord, we also ask that those moments where we are weak, that those around us would be strong, strong enough to carry us before Jesus, strong enough to break through the walls that maybe society or, that, or maybe even our own hearts have put around to be able to lay us before Jesus so that he can do what he needs to do in our lives, so that we may be fully restored in our spirit. But Lord, in that, Lord, we just want to pray for those that, that don't know you yet. And in that space, I want to ask for wisdom, for patience, for grace and discernment to know when to speak and when to not, when to show an action and when to withhold. But Lord, may we have eyes to see the opportunity to share you with those that we love the most so that they can meet the one that we love the most. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you would like prayer or to find our sermon-based studies, please head to our website or check the description below for a link. If you enjoyed the video, feel free to share the video, like, subscribe, and hit the bell icon for updates of when we release new videos. Remember, Life can be tough, so let's do it together.